Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word. Jesus says, uh, if two of us agree as touching anything, it shall be done by our Father, which is in heaven. And um, I'm going to say this to the married folk. Um, you don't realize why God gave a child two parents. Because God understood the principle of agreement. And, and if you're a single mom, if you have a brother, if you have a, a mom and dad or someone that, that loves your children, use the principle of agreement. A, a, a double braid is not easily broken. Two can, can, can overcome one. Um, and, and what happens is the reason why we're fighting so much as couples is because the devil's really after the children. And by the way, this is not in my notes. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm just going to come over here. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I tell people, whenever the devil shows up in your life, you need to understand the nature of the beast, the nature of the devil. He's a thief. How many of you um, have ever been stolen from, pickpocketed? Yeah. Yeah. What pickpockets do is they use something called misdirection. They tap you on this side to try to get something on this side. So when the enemy shows up, he's typically tapping you on one side because he's trying to steal something on the other side, right? So you think you're just fighting with your spouse over X, Y, and Z. The devil's really trying to steal your children. And what he's trying to do is if the two of you cannot agree... You're not going to have the spiritual power you need, particularly in these days. It's crazy, man. You're sending your kids into school and the stuff they are telling your children. And if you don't have someone to agree with you in prayer, uh, it, it, it's just going to be a lot harder. So why does the devil try to keep, you know, the church fighting and, and, and our, us fighting in our house so we can't get an agreement? But if two of us, it didn't say three, four, five, it just two of us would agree as touching anything. Jesus promised he'll, he'll be in the midst and he'll do what we ask, okay? So the reason, part of the reason why my wife and I got together was because it's going to take the power of agreement to raise two young men. And, um, and, and, when, and when we're fighting and doing stupid stuff, um, ultimately what he's trying to do was get them. So I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just talking real here. I'm talking facts. So what you need to do is understand the strategy of the devil. The Bible says if two agree as touching anything, it says actually two or three, uh, it shall be done uh, by the Father, okay? So we're going to stand on that verse during our time of prayer, okay? That's why we're in community. So some of you don't have a spouse. So come up here and have someone agree with you about that child. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, Or maybe you don't have the types of friends you would like. Have someone up here agree with you, okay? Let's use the power of agreement 
and go before God and watch what he does. Do you know that Adam and Eve agreed before they ate the fruit? Because, yeah, the, the Bible says the devil tempted Eve, but the Bible says Adam, both of them were right there. He was right there with it. And they got into agreement. You see, what the devil wants to do is get you in agreement for wrong. But the Bible here, the word of God wants us to get an agreement for good. So all of the different options you had tonight, you could have gotten an agreement with the TV, you could have gotten an agreement with uh, the things on the TV, the news, or a whole bunch of stuff. But tonight you're in agreement with your church family. We are coming together in worship and praise, but we're going to end this thing coming together in a time of, of prayer. So today we're going to talk a little bit about leadership. Let me pray for you and we're going to get right into the word. Father, your word is what's powerful. It's the only offensive weapon. So Father, my prayer today is that it comes alive and that we see things we never saw before, but most importantly that because we see the things, we do those things. We want to be not just hearers, but doers of your word. And we give you all the honor for this Bible study tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we all say Amen. Second Chronicles chapter two and verse, I'm sorry, chapter one and verse uh, one. Now Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. There's a whole backdrop to this and we're not going to dig into it tonight. But at this point, Solomon had very firmly uh, grabbed uh, the, and secured the reins of power after his brother Adonijah tried to steal it. But before Adonijah tried to steal, actually his brother, uh, there was a couple brothers that tried to steal the throne uh, from David. So uh, there, there was a lot of, of, of tension and there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, and if you want to know more about what Adonijah did, go to uh, uh, First Kings and uh, read just the first chapter and you'll get a little bit of the background. But, but what I can tell you is that few things will toughen you up more than, uh, have, uh, than, than experiencing folks trying to steal from you. Um, how many of you have had some brothers and sisters try to steal from you? Yeah, yeah. Um, the ordeal made it so that, that finally when, when Solomon secured the throne, um, he had just gone through this intense period with his brother that, uh, he, he was, he was laser focused. He was energized, but it, it created a firmness in him. And, you know, one of the upsides of growing up in tough neighborhoods is that, that you, you gotta get a little metal in you in order to survive your setting. And, um, in this situation, what his brother did at Anijah caused a little metal to rise up in um, Solomon. And you'll never discover really how strong you are until being strong is your only option. Just like you don't realize how fast you can run until that dog gets, you know, right, right behind you. So, and that's just true. Uh, we typically don't press ourselves the way urgency and, and, and the rest. But here's the most important part. And the Lord God was with him, was with Solomon. And like I always say, you know, if God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Um, but what we see here is, by the way, there's a lot of arguments about the age that Solomon was. Some say that Solomon was 12 when he took the throne. I don't really think that was the case. There was a period where both Solomon and um, David co-reigned. And by the way, if you want to know about how mentoring really works, typically what happens is you do it in front of the, men the, the mentee or the child. And this is the way parenting works as well. You do it in front of them. Then you do it with them. And uh, after that, you, they do it and you watch them. And that is the typical pattern. So your child at first 
is uh, watching you do it. And then as they get older, you're having conversations and hopefully you're helping them to do it, even though they're disagreeing a whole lot. Uh, but you, you know, you're, you're helping, uh, you're, you're kind of doing it together. But then you reach a point in life, all you could do is, is kind of just watch and watch for and, and do a little bit of coaching. But now they got to do everything they learn. Do you, do you understand? And that's, that's the pattern. And that's what happened with Jesus. Um, Jesus first did it in front of his disciples, but then he sent out the 12 and he said, you know, lay hands on the sick and raise the dead, all that. And they did it. Um, um, and, and actually they reported to him. So it was kind of a together thing. And then finally Jesus went to heaven and they, they did it, um, with, with him gone. Uh, but, uh, the, what we see here is, is Solomon, um, he, he was strengthened in his kingdom and the, the Lord, his God was what? With him. Um, God will give you the strength. Now, this is Bible study, so I, I'm, I can be a little bit more conversational. Um, God will give you the strength for whatever you need, uh, whatever he asks you to do. But, but understand this. It's often a use it or lose it proposition. Um, whenever I do not use the authority God has given me, the devil tends to use it or, or people or life use it against me. The worst thing you could do in a, a gunfight in the street is be so afraid to use your gun that the bad guy takes it from you and then shoots you with it. So parents, if you don't parent, leaders, if you don't lead. See, the challenge with talking like this is, is people hear it and they hear it with the wrong ears. Oh, Bishop said, go and come down on my, my kids. I didn't say that. <laughs> You need to lead with, with, with patience, gentleness, and, and, and kindness, love, but you also need to be firm, and there need to be some boundaries. Some homes I go into, it's like, who's running the house? I mean, what, I mean, are you really going to let that, that kid's 10 years trump your 30 years of experience? I mean, what's going on here? That was free. <laughs> but parents, you got to lead. Um, I, I don't understand... You know, everybody a couple of years ago was complaining about the millennials. And um, a pastor friend actually came here and really beat up the millennials in the RLN session. But I had to say it afterwards, dude, we raised the millennials. <laughs> so if you got a problem with the millennials, you need to look in the mirror. That too was free. So, again, um, Solomon was strengthened in the kingdom. God was with him. But watch this. And exalted him exceedingly. If God can trust you to stay strong with the business he's assigned you, he'll give you even more business. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of folks there are into socialism. I, 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 listen, I'm not a socialist. I have great issues with socialism. And I don't mean to get political, but I'll tell you, I have been to Africa. I've been around the world and I have not seen socialism work. It just typically doesn't work. In a small little country where everybody's the same, uh, it kind of, kind of can work. Uh, but other places it just doesn't work. That was free. Okay. I'm trying to stop. All right. <laughs> but Jesus obviously was not a socialist either. He said this, and it's kind of a tough statement. Those who have shall be given more. He who has not, even what he has shall be taken. So the way God sees things, if you're not faithful with a hundred dollars, 
Why would God trust you to do the right thing with $1,000? The level you stop being faithful at is the level God stops exalting you. This is why some of our businesses will stop growing. Because initially you were hungry and do whatever God said. But then you got success. I was talking about, I don't want to do all that. It don't take all that. Mm-hmm. After you reach a certain level, God could get things to you, but he couldn't get them through you anymore. Jesus goes, I know you got quiet. That's good. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little, this is the NIV, can also be trusted with very much. That's why, you know, I make sure, um, I, I know this might get on your nerves. It's not a particular, well, it is, I'm a little peevish about it. But when I had nothing, I kept nothing clean. Um, when, when, I mean, I had the little, I, I mean, I had so many roaches in my apartment, but it was the cleanest apartment. And I, 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 I kept stuff. If I'm not faithful with little and I'm disorganized with nothing, what if God gave me all this responsibility? I'm going to implode. So you say, well, I'll get it together when I get a lot more. No, get it together while you got little. You hear what I'm saying? Get your car washed. Get your shoes shine. Iron your clothes. Get the stains off your shirts. Jeremiah 12 and 5 says, if you have run with the footmen and they got you tired, they've wearied you. And if if basic stuff like uh, serving a little bit, tithing, praying for folks every now and then, I mean, if that got you so exhausted, I don't know what to do then how are you going to contend with, 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 with horses? So, you know, if you can't run with men, how are you going to step into the, 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 the real battle? And basically what he's saying here, uh, the lesser challenges in life are designed to prepare you for the greater challenges. So what you do with the little when no one is watching is what preps you for what you do in public when everybody's watching and there's a whole lot on the line. <laughs> And what scripture is saying is if you can't handle this, how are you going to handle that? No, really, if you're falling apart with that, how are you going to handle what God really has for you? You got to be faithful with the small things if God's going to give you the big stuff. Second Chronicles 1 and 1, well, 1 and 2. So Solomon is set. He's on the throne. He's established. He's showing himself strong. And Solomon spoke to all Israel. And then it outlines some of the special groups. To the captains of the thousands, of the hundreds, so these are the leaders, and to the judges, and to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the father's houses. What I want you to see is Solomon became strong, but then he used his authority to lead others to worship. How do you use the authority God has given you? God has given you a handful of relationships. How do you use the authority given you in friendship? 
do you use it to lead first people toward Christ? Or do you just kind of lead that out and it's all about, the, you know, the giggle and all the rest? You know, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, Solomon used his authority. And I'm talking to parents. Parents, please use your, don't abuse it, but use your authority. There are some things you can only say to your kids at certain ages. They're not going to hear it the same way at other ages. Don't miss your moment. Speak up or it won't be said. So Solomon uses his authority and he speaks to all the heads. And, and, and basically he's about to, to say to everybody, I want you all to come to church with me. It said, then Solomon, all the assembly with him, went to the high places. So again, he spoke to, to, to all the leaders and they went with him to the high places that was at Gibeon, for the tabernacle of the meeting of God was there, uh, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, made in the, the wilderness. Again, everyone went to church with Solomon because he said so. If you would just lead, you might be surprised who might follow. But you have to open your mouth and say, so skip to verse 6. And Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. So this was a sight to behold. It was a bloody mess. I mean, uh, animals all over the place. Uh, blood was, was everywhere. But Solomon set the example um, uh, of this type of sacrifice and worship that uh, God wanted. And this is important. Leaders set the tone for their teams, just like teachers set the tone for their classes. And parents, you set the tone for your homes. The most powerful leadership tool is not a title, but your own personal example. He said, Bishop, I didn't come to be abused. I'm not trying to abuse you. I'm trying to help you tonight. I, I, what I'm saying is if you don't use your authority, the devil's going to use it against you. If you don't say anything, your kids are going to think it's okay. You hear what I'm saying? Say something when you see something. And then verse 7, on that night, now this is important. Let's not miss what we just read. This only happened when he got to the 1,000, the 1,000th burnt offerings. But how many of us give up at 997? Come on, come on. 998. Lord, I've done it so many times. This ain't working. It's never going to. 998. But on 1,000, I don't know the number. I don't know exactly what God's looking for in your heart. But finally, when he got to the number or the place God wanted Solomon to be, God appeared to Solomon. This extraordinary sacrifice resulted in an extraordinary response from God. And if you want an extraordinary response from God, it may require an extraordinary sacrifice. When God wants something for you, I'm going to say it again differently. God typically asks something from you. Okay, this side of the room. When God wants something for you, he typically asks something from you. Remember the widow woman? 
She was hungry. So God asked her for something in the area of her need. And then when it was gotten from her, God had some things for her. Do do you get what I'm, I'm, let me say, when God wants something for you, he typically asks something from you. So whenever God asks me for something, I've learned in my old age, God must be trying to do something or get me something. Do you hear what I'm saying? The challenge is, some of us haven't walked with the Lord long enough, so it's really hard at first. But I tell you, walk with him, whatever he asks you is because he's trying to get back to you 30, 60, 100 times over. You hear what I'm saying? If you got to walk away from a friendship, it's because God got a new friend he's trying to get to you, and that person's taking up space and time and place in your heart. So if he asks you for something, he's trying to get something not from you, but ultimately to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to think differently. You got to renew your mind when God asks you for something. He's a good God. He's not trying to punish you or hurt you. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what shall I give you? And when you release what, God, what you have in your hand, God, what release what's in his hand? And Solomon said, said to God, you, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, this is important because Solomon was young and he, he was still humble in heart. He had some problems as he got older. But Solomon rightly recognized that it was God's goodness and mercy that got him where he was. It wasn't because of his merits. It was because of his father. Solomon was in this position because of David. Just like we are in our position as kings and priests under God because of the promised son of David, Jesus. I'm not where I am because I'm great. I'm where I am because Christ was great. Solomon was not where he was because he was great, but because his daddy was great. You understand what I'm saying? Now, O Lord, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over people that, you know, like the dust of the earth in multi, I mean, there's just so many of them. But what I want you to see here is Solomon's main aspiration was for God's word to be fulfilled in his life and in the earth. And when your motivation is God's honor and God's glory, God will take you to the next level just like he did Solomon. Verse 10. So he says, listen. God, here's the thing I ask. God appears to him and says, basically, write a blank check. Okay, for uh, the Alpha generation, a check is a piece of paper <laughs> that you use in place of money. You signed your name. And God basically gave Solomon a check. He said, fill it in with what you, you want. And watch his response. He said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go in and out before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? So, I mean, you see the humility of his heart. God is your people. And, I mean, who is up to this task? And, you know, there are a lot of critics, a lot of theologians say, well, you know, Solomon, this is the beginning of his fall. He should have asked for something deeper like communion and fellowship. Um, you know, a little bit like Moses said, you know, I want to uh, see your face and that type of thing uh, instead of wisdom. But but all God was looking for was, was, was a leader or a person that would put the needs of the people before his own. 
And, and the big point I want to make here is God is not as hard to please as many of us think or sometimes make it. And, 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 and Benjamin Franklin said this. I, I believe he was the first. I couldn't find out who it was, so for sure. So I didn't put a name there. But, but it, the, the statement goes like this. Anyone, uh, any person all wrapped in him or herself makes a pretty small package. You know, some things are just bigger than you. And Solomon understood that. And um, he was willing to, to recognize that. And, and when, when he responded with such a heart, then God said to Solomon, and 1 Kings 3.10 tells us something that we don't see here. It says that Solomon's response actually pleased the Lord. So what Solomon says, even though the theologians might criticize him, what he said pleased the Lord. And really, that's all that matters. You know, if it pleases God, it might not please everybody else. That's all that matters. But watch God's response. Just pay attention here. Because this was in your heart. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Live big.